Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado, Colorado's premier outdoor radio show heard every Saturday afternoon on KLZ 560 with insights on hunting, fishing, archery, guns, and ammo from Colorado's top outfitters featuring the industry's leading experts on how to enhance your experience in the great outdoors. Now, here's your host, Scott Watley. Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us today. Exciting show. Glad to have these ladies back in studio with us. Great friends of our show now for a number of years. Um, I'm glad there's not a jealous button on Facebook, though, when they <laughs> post their pictures, because I would have to just post like, but jealous. And Lisa Thompson, Donnell Johnson with us. How are you? It's great to be with you today. Great to see you guys. Great to see you. Man, you guys. All right, let's just start back here and recap a little bit what you've done so far and then what you've got upcoming we're going to get into some calls today and um they've got a great affiliation with wayne carlton and we're going to talk about some of his calls and all but so far you've done your antelope and a bull and a bull and then we have wyoming antelope starting thursday all right all right let's start with the antelope here's the story muzzleloader or rifle which one? Oh, okay yeah, let's go muzzleloader that's it was a cool going order okay well donnell drew a muzzleloader antelope tag on the eastern plains of colorado this year and she has never really muzzleloaded um before that uh muzzleloading is my cup of tea i really enjoy it and so uh i loaned her my gun and kind of gave her some uh pointers of you know shooting it and she shot it and Went out there and got herself a really, really nice buck. So it was really fun. So enjoyed it. So tell them about. It was a lot of fun. I, I, I do like rifle better, but and I do like our. I'm, I'm a bow girl. I, I love archery and I have a neck issue. So it was challenging for me, but it, it is really fun. The primitive, muzzleloader and all the, all the intricate parts that go into that. And you, you have one shot. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a one shot. It's a one shot wonder. And then after the smoke clears. You're like, did I hit it? No kidding. Yeah. Sometimes there's a lot of smoke. So what were you shooting? Like powder, bullet? What do you, what did you guys like the best? What shoots the best for you? Well, I'll answer that for her because I kind of helped her out with uh, what I thought she should shoot. But um, she shot a 295 grain okay. and we did 110 uh, the powder. We measured 110 grains of powder. So that's what she was shooting at antelope. Probably a little big for it, but it, I think my gun that she used, it's um, the Thompson Center Triumph. Mm-hmm. I think that's what shoots best out of it because sure. I've shot it a lot. And she took my advice on that because she hasn't muzzleloaded a lot and stuff. So right. that's what she used. I was a total student. Yeah. I don't know if you guys ever heard this. I, uh, Jim Shockey, I had Jim Shockey on recently, and uh, we were talking a little bit off air about muzzleloading because he loves muzzleloading and all that. But he was talking about <clears throat> when you sight those in, he likes to do a, a cold barrel with each shot. So if you fire a shot, don't just reload it real quick and shoot again. He says right. let that barrel get cold again, and you'll get – you know, Most better groupings with that. Because cause I, I told him, I said, man, sometimes a muzzleloader seems hard to get, you know, really get dialed in because I'm used to a rifle too. Right. And uh, and he said, well, you got to do it with a cold barrel each time. I don't know if y'all have ever heard that. Well, and I've heard that, that even on my rifle. Yeah. When we go to the range, we right. sit there and let it cool down. So, yeah, I do know there's truth to that. Right. How long was your shot then with a muzzleloader? Uh, it's about 100, right at 100, mm-hmm. wouldn't okay. you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she, ha- she had a, a range finder and so did I. We were just double checking, make sure, but... Yeah, and I just come out of bow, which is nice, because then you're like, oh, I can go all the way up to 100. <laughs> but antelope, as you know, are very skittish. Sure. So <laughs> wow. muzzleloading an antelope is fun. Right. The good thing about muzzleloading them, though, is they're a very curious animal. Mm-hmm. So if they haven't been rifle shot at, and maybe some bow hunters have been playing with them, um, they, you know, he, he, he stuck around, basically, because he's curious. 
And a lot of times the does will be, you know, they'll come in to let people wave flags or a hat or sometimes you wave nothing. You just look at them and walk them. They just start walking towards you because they're, they're, just they're curious. very curious. And curiosity does kill the antelope. <laughs> And, and Donnell's was one of those. Um, you know, we were out there. Obviously, they haven't been run around, and we got close enough where she could get a muzzle-loading shot, and she made a great shot. Right. Were you kind of a, a spot-and-stalk kind of deal, so do you, yep. you use the decoys much? I actually tried my elk decoy, and that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> we, we forgot to grab our – I actually had gone to Cabela's to get uh, an antelope decoy, and they were out, and she uh, forgot to grab hers. So I did have my – Wayne Carlton has a new one called Butthead, and – they didn't really care for that. But the elk, on the other hand, this year were stellar with um, that new butthead decoy. It's really? awesome. Okay. Yeah. All right. So then next we go to the uh, rifle and uh, bull hunting for, for your bull elk. Yeah, for the bull elk. Yeah. I got to go with Wayne Carlton this year, and I had an unusual event where my appendix actually burst uh, right before season. And so I was sitting there pining away in the hospital bed thinking it wasn't going to work out because the six weeks was right when season was over. But the sure. good news is I healed quickly and I was able to get in the field with uh, Wayne and Lisa and uh, we got in and Sarah helped me as well. But we got in the field about four weeks and he called in a great bull. So did Lisa. Lisa and I throughout the years have, have done a lot of great of calling that we complement each other and that we call differently. We do Esther's cow calls, calf calls. We'll throw in some bugles. We just kind of mix it up and sound like a herd. Um, and so Wayne was doing some calling, Lisa was doing some calling and truly what gave me the perfect shot was as the bull was coming in, he came in so close to me. Um, he kind of flared at, after I was drawn. And so Wayne just threw out a really hard mew and that bull swung back around and had a nice broadside shot. So right. no, I saw the video just a moment ago and wow, it was, it was a rush for sure. And then when he bugled. I mean, he wasn't, what, 30 yards maybe when he bugled? Well, and what was what was fun about that, when we set up, I got behind a bush, and so I lost visual on the bull for a couple of minutes. So I didn't know if he was still coming in, but we had put, uh, we called her Ella the elk, but um, we had the butthead decoy at the end of the, uh, right on the game trail. Mm -hmm. And so he was coming in hard on that, but I didn't know that. I was behind a bush where I had no visual. So I had the diaphragm call in, I threw out a mew, Wayne threw out a mew, and then he bugled big, and my eyes got really big when they were videoing me, because <laughs> I had no idea where he was. Sure. You know, because I've had a jillion bulls initially be interested, but at the tail end, they either sent you or something, and, and, and you lose them. But um, he came in hard and fast. Right. But to backtrack on that story, um, it was 630 in the morning. We, got a, we started walking in about a mile um, at dark, and we would stop every so often and bugle. It was hard to, uh, because the creek was right there. But Wayne doesn't know the area. We were showing him this, this particular area mm -hmm. for the first time. And when it opened up, he we threw out a cow call, a couple cow calls. He threw a bugle on top of us, and we had an instantaneous bugle. And we're like all looking at each other, you know, at that first light going, game on. Well, um, what happened is we were the four of us were together, um, and I had binoculared where the bugle came from, and I saw the bull come out of the aspens, and he was way up on this mountain. Probably he, 800 vertical feet up. It was steep. Oh, he it was, was way, he was way up, high, up there. He way was up a high. half mile, maybe less, <laughs> but yeah. a ways. But it was just wide open, so we could see forever. Right. So. And uh, Wayne said, why don't we get to the other side? And I, when I glassed that bull, he was running down to us, which I have never really seen to that 
mm-hmm. that extreme. And I grabbed Wayne literally by the collar. I said, Wayne, you can't go over there because he's out in the open looking down where we were. And Wayne didn't realize it because he didn't have binoculars. So he grabs Donnell. I grab Wayne and we all just dive behind the bushes. I sneak out on the ground and put Ella up the decoy. And we all just get in position and not knowing what was going to happen. But that bull, he even stopped in mid stride. And he kind of looked down there like something going on. And then we bugled and called him again. He bugled and then we lost him for a while because he went down in a huge dip sure enough he came out and came right down on the trail we were walking on and he ran in i swear that decoy had so much to do with it because she he focused on that decoy and it looked like a cow and he was alone and he was looking for a girlfriend but it was it was that opportunity with the decoy that we've always not when it's just been the two of us and we haven't had that they don't. They they come in looking for something because something made those noises. Sure. And it gave Donnell the opportunity to draw her bow and to shoot to where a lot of times they pinpoint where the bugling or the cow calling is and there's nothing distracting them. So I really think the decoy was huge. And that right. decoy is three dimensional, so the nose on it is about six inches long. And it, I mean, you look into those eyes. Right? No, I'm it telling looks you, real. you know, last year at the International Sportsman's Expo, I I bought one from you guys because I mean, I mean, it is awesome looking. Yep. And I mean, you know, you can tell they really studied out, I think, all the measurements of ears, all the different things, because when you do bull that call, that bull didn't see anything, he probably ain't going to come. Well, and, and it happened to me two two years before that. I was in last day called in an over-the-counter unit, called in the biggest bull I'd ever had called in, and at the time, I was using another decoy, but it had blown over in the wind, so when he popped into uh, the meadow, he just does this visual, looks across the meadow, and keeps on moving. You know, he looked, and I truly believe if I'd had that decoy up, he would have come in. But yeah, and we used it just a week later with, with my son, and in over-the-counter unit, he got a five-by-seven, and same thing, like, and the thing that Wayne had taught me in that, you know, nine days before was um, do that exaggerated mew when they come in just with a little bit of more emotion in it. And that bull was chasing a cow up the ridge and we did, I did that exaggerated mew. Lisa was cow calling and he just stopped dead in his tracks and, and Zach got a, a, a 40 yard shot on him and got a great bull 10 minutes before sundown the last day. I mean, that's that tenacity. The weather had turned and a lot of hunters that last weekend, it was cold and it was kind of rainy slash sleety slash snow and a lot of people don't want to get out on that, but, man, the hunting is fantastic. Yep, absolutely. Lisa Thompson, Donnell Johnson are with us today. Huntdata.com, we'll talk about that a little bit, too, but check that out. Hey, we're all talking about the fun in the woods, but it's no fun being lost, and we're going to get them to talk about uh, their map system here in a moment. But now let's talk about that decoy and where folks can get that. They can go to Native by Carlton. Okay. Um, his website there, or they can also go to Sportsman's Warehouse. Um, they carry that as well. Mm-hmm. And now, does it go by the name of Ella? It's, no, or? that's what okay. we call her. Um, butthead is what it's called. Butthead. Okay. <laughs> you got to love Wayne. <laughs> on that. We would have probably renamed that, but yeah. Wayne Carlton named it Butthead, him and his son, Mark, who works with them. And yeah. um, that's what it's called, and that's what it is. But yeah. what Donnell didn't share with you is prior to even when I got on Zach's hunt, um, her husband, about four days prior to that, he had set up Ella in the middle of muzzleloading. And he's, what he, you know, with... He's a little braver than me. <laughs> with yeah, really. with um, the accidents that has happened sure. that we know from last year and whatnot, um, he had set up Ella and then he went about 50 yards away just because if it was a muzzleloader or whatever, he's a little nervous about when you're bow hunting and that sort of thing. Well, sure enough, he called... And a six-point bull came right into the decoy, and he didn't have a shot because he was too far. And she came in from the back, and he touched. He literally went right up to her nose and sniffed her. <laughs> and Dave never got a shot on him because <sighs> usually you set the decoy up to get a shot, sure. but because it was muzzle loading, he was nervous. Right. 
and he just wasn't prepared for the bull. He came in quietly, mm-hmm. didn't come in bugling, didn't have a clue which way anyone, anything was coming in. And sure enough, he watched that bull go stiff, and he couldn't get a shot on it. Wow. Yeah, it, it changed our hunt this year. We had three bulls in our crew, um, totally different, just a, a, a much more successful year. So. Right. so you can go to Native by Carlton, or you can go to your local sportsman's warehouse and um, ask for Butthead. And, <laughs> and if they bring up someone, tell them, no, the decoy. <laughs> the decoy yeah, the decoy. But I'm telling you, this thing is so realistic. You sit there looking in her uh, eyes, and you're like, wow. And, you know, and it does say on there, and it gives multiple warnings on you know, walking with it or whatever. Because, yep. I mean, I'm telling you, you will get shot if yeah. you carry that thing I out. I do too much calling. Yeah. I do. I call in every hunter in the woods. So there's no, I, during muzzleloading, I don't need any extra encouragement from those guys. So even, and I told you this earlier, even in fourth season when you, when they're like, well, they're not in rut, you can use calf calls, cow calls. There's always herd noise going on, especially at dark 30 sure. when they're herding up and going back to bed down. There's always a little bit of mewing going on. Um, so if we're making noises, we're hiking around, I just, I have a bunch of calls around my neck and I've got a lot going on, but yep. yeah. When we come back, we're going to do a little calling. Lisa Thompson, Donnell Johnson are with us. We'll be right back. If you have just been in an accident, there is a lot going on. With the screeching tires, crunching metal, and breaking glass, it's hard to remember what to do. That's why Kevin Flesh of Fleshlaw wants you to remember to panic. No, he doesn't mean run around screaming or start hyperventilating. He means use the acronym P-A-N-I-C to remember what to do. P is for police. Call the police immediately. It's very important to have an official record of what happened. A is assess, as in assess all of your injuries and seek medical care if necessary. N is for never admit fault. It's your job to take care of yourself, not to determine who is at fault. I is for insurance. Take pictures of the other person's insurance and ID info and get pictures of the accident if you you can. And finally, C is for call Kevin Flesh. Kevin Flesh is more than just a name used to intimidate the insurance companies. He will help you. If you've been injured in an accident, call Flesh Law at 303-806-8886 for a free consultation and he'll help you get the compensation that you deserve. Tired of walking into gun stores and seeing the same guns everywhere you go? Check out our sponsor, Old Steel Historical Firearms. Hi, this is Scott Watley of Sportsman of Colorado. At Old Steel, they specialize in the purchase and sale of historical firearms. Need to get your firearm collection appraised? They can help. Buy, sell, trade, and consignments are welcome at Old Steel. Open 10 to 6, Monday through Saturday, Old Steel Historical Firearms is located at 12 East Gerard Avenue in Inglewood. That's just two blocks north of Hamden, off Broadway. Now you can own a piece of history at Old Steel Historical Firearms. Call 720-662-7252. That's 720-662-7252. Check out their website, oldsteelguns.com. It's closeout time at Lin Lyle Chevrolet. Right now, we have new Chevy Cruises starting at just $13,900 or a new Chevy Silverado for up to $12,000 off MSRP. We have the lowest overhead, we have the lowest prices, and the best selection. Lin Lyle Chevrolet, I-225 in East Colfax or on the web at linlylechevy.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman's Colorado. If you're just joining us, my name is Scott Watley. We appreciate you being with us. Donnell Johnson and Lisa Thompson in studio. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about hunt data a little bit later. Um, great map system for your iPhone. It'll keep you 
safe in the woods and not get you lost. And uh, again, there's a lot of systems out there, and this is absolutely our favorite here at Sportsman of Colorado. Now, we're going to talk about calls a little bit. So let's just kind of give some things you guys have learned over the last couple of years, especially with Wayne Carlton. I'm sure that's brought a lot of knowledge in. You know, when to call, when not. When you first get out in the mornings, do you wait to hear a sound before you start doing something? Fill us in. Well, everybody has their different philosophy, but Don and I, Donnell and I like to stir the pot. We're, we're <laughs> no. the ones pot stirs. No. <laughs> we no. are usually the ones making the sound first, and uh, sometimes that forest is super quiet, and we just want to liven it up. So um, we do the same thing turkey hunting, too. Um, but um, I would say that we make the noise most often first. Right. And uh, we do it year-round, and it's not just for now, bow hunters. Now, will you bugle, or will you just do a cow call and see what happens? We do, we, we do both, but later in the rifle seasons, we probably do more cow calling, I would say. Would but agree. have I heard bugles in third and fourth season? I have. Mm -hmm. But um, I would say we do a lot more cow calling. I think people think it's only for those bow hunters and muzzleloaders or whatever, and it's not. I have stopped. I've taken a lot of people out in the field, family and friends, and herds that either are skittish or they're not stopping or something. We have stopped a lot of animals just so someone can get a shot. And I think it's just part of you getting dressed every day. You put your shoes on, you put your binoculars on, you put your coat on, and you put a cow call on. I think that's part of your uniform. I think it should be because I think it will help you more than it will ever hurt you. So that's my philosophy. What yeah. do you think? And I, I had a deal like three years ago. It was, it was at like minus 18 up in Walden, and I had a herd running at me. I didn't have a call one on me, and I they're all in a dead run. And I, I'm not going to shoot at a herd running because you don't know who you shot and where you shot. And so I literally did it <laughs> with my throat, and that whole herd stopped, and I got a great shot on a cow, and she dropped. I mean, so they, they're always going to stop to that bugle. And I, the reason I would tend to bugle first more at dark 30 is just because it travels further and they can hear it. Sure. I'll do a locator bugle. And truly this year with my son-in-law, we had stopped. We went to a brand new place. I had our maps out. I had kind of a tip from somebody where there was a good piece of BLM property between two private ranches. So we were heading that way. And we kind of looked. It was too low. We thought, they're not going to be this low with this hot. So I had stopped to go to the bathroom of all things. And my son-in-law got out to bugle and heard another bugle further up the mountain. So I get out my maps and I'm looking where the road goes and intersects National Forest. And that's where we went. We got into three bulls that morning, a brand new area I'd never been to, but we located and we heard him. We got in on him. I used the decoy to, to bring a bull in for him. Um, it's kind of a funny story because he ended up missing. He had buck fever beyond. Uh, he'd been studying for that for uh, that moment for, for a whole year. And uh, he, I asked him, I said, what pin do you use? He goes, I don't even remember what pin I use. <laughs> and he truly just, it was a, it was a clear miss, which is great. I mean, if you're going to miss, that's what you want. Sure. He got a shot later last all, Saturday night for the last day of the season. And he was out bugling himself and called in a, a, a four by five, which over the counter, you know, it was a, it was a nice bull. And, uh, and, and truly that's what I was telling you during our break is uh, the difference this year we had a couple of Missouri boys and they learned to call in the off season they listened to a lot of podcasts listened to some Wayne Carlton CDs and um, truly both got good at calling both got shots because of it and he got an, a bull before the season was over so he learned a hard lesson he didn't um, sure. leave the balls on when he cleaned it and so those are the things you learn he got a, a got a ticket out of the deal but um, truly those are the little things letter of the law that you have to pay attention to as well yep, so absolutely alright so we got a few calls you guys brought in today. We did. So let's did. Uh, talk about what you have, and we'll demonstrate. Well, Donnell and I, um, we do a lot of calling together. We we've, we found out that 
We think that the boys like to have two girls rather than one, so they think there's more than one of us, I think. And so um, we've always tried to stir up the forest, making different calls. And we actually carry different kind of calls because I can use one call, and I'll even sound different using a different one. So she'll, we'll, I'll cut her off a lot of times, and that ticks them off too. We've had, I've seen Donnell alone just in the last couple of years getting two cow fights with cow, literally. <laughs> on top of each other. It's the craziest thing until you're part of it. But one time I finally looked over, I had a muzzleloader and I said, will you knock it off? Like they were just going at it. Yeah. And I'm like, knock I've never it been off in a fight because with another cow before. And it was really, fun. I was trying to see the bull and she's messing around with this cow and it was terrible. So she's doing a cow call right now. Go ahead. And that's yeah. Donnell. And here's mine. And then here's a different call here. It's a Wayne Carlton. So it's a little bit louder. And this is called a hyper hot. This is where that cow's ready to mate and come on in, babies. I want you. You know, come on in, boy. And I'm ready. So this is called a hyper hot. If you don't think they don't make this noise, go up to Estes Park and watch them. I go there every year, and I just watch elk what they do, and you will hear that noise. It's called a hyperhot, and that's when she's in estrus from about 24 to 48 hours, and that's the call she's going to make, and that's what those bulls have been waiting for all year for. Charlie's in there taking notes. Yeah, he, he needs one of those. Yeah. I tell people all the time, go to Estes Park, Rocky Mountain National Park, and watch them. Sure. Even going, going out between archery and first season, that's when they're really, I think, the hottest. They finally got hot this year, you know, that last week. And they always do. It's always right at the end when it gets really good. Right. And uh, But even that week before first season starts, there's nobody in the field. You can go out there and just kind of play around with the elk and, and maybe go into a unit that you can't get drawn in, you know, it's, it's where the elk are more concentrated. So. Sure. And these are kind of... Um, I mean, any, I guess you can mess up any call, but these are pretty simple calls for people to learn on, too, mm -hmm. aren't they? They are. Yeah. And and don't be afraid. I mean, so many people are so afraid to make a mistake. But we we had one call that was the second day in the field with Wayne, and we had this bull come back. Ooh, it sounded like a coyote bugle or something. Right. But he said what will happen sometimes, their voice box will get damaged when they're sparring with other elk. He's seen where their voice box – and so there's not such, there's no such thing as – It's a perfect – Call. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes you, that's how you know the hunters is da 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 da, and you're like, oh, there's another hunter because they'll they'll grunt. They'll this year we caught both my son and I calling that five and six by six, and then the six by six started mewing like a cow, and I'd never heard that before exactly. I he just switched and he sounded like I would have swore it was a cow, but I'm sitting there watching the six by six do it. I was like, wow. I'm always learning something. I yeah. just there's always something to learn from them, but there's no such thing as a perfect call, and I think a lot of people get hung up with that. But sure. And again, you can get the calls that we're talking about here, uh, native by Carlton. That's absolutely right. And I think Sportsman also carries the the Green Weenie. It's it's just a little twenty dollar call, and it's it's. That guy comes up with some names, doesn't I he? I know he does. He does. <laughs> um, and it's vented. So I mean, the one thing that happens to me if you see me, I look like a Christmas tree with all my calls. But part of that, there's two reasons. Is it like Lisa said, everyone has kind of a different pitch to it, mm -hmm. um, and I'm trying to sound like a herd. Um, but also, sometimes I get out there and one will get gummed up or get some saliva in it. And what's nice about the vented is it's constantly kind of clearing all that out for you the condensation that'll 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 right. build up when you're calling so sure all right let's demonstrate some of the others some of the so he also has these new diaphragm calls that are called rip it he's got black white and red um the black for me i think is a little better for um some of the mews and bugles but i'll try here all right <laughs> no pressure so Don donnell's using a diaphragm call right here <laughs> 
but I can also mew. <laughs> And then with my son, after he had shot, I did more of a, it was almost a crossover mew bugle, but that bull swung all the way around and came back at us after he'd been shot, which is crazy. But I, I just put a little extra desire in it. But um, that's one of the things Wayne says when he's out there calling. He tries to just be that screechy will. Don't be afraid to be high-pitched and, sure. and, and just draw attention to yourself. And I even had a call this year, and I didn't bring it today, but it's one of Wayne's. It's one of the blue custom ones. But it was just a little bit more high-pitched than my other calls, and I was getting almost consistent bugles off of it. And I had my other ones that were a little lower registered. And again, I don't know if it's because it's carrying because it's a screechy will, but I just saw that the bulls were, were bugling back on it a little bit more. So, What does he say about, um, you know, I've, I've been with guys before, and, Maybe they'll hear a bull bugle and uh, they'll blow back a, a real aggressive. You can and, scare them off. And and the bull blew out. And he goes, man, I shouldn't have done it that yeah. aggressive. So any tips on, I mean, how do you know when to come back really hard, when to aggressive, when how to sound maybe like a young bull? I mean, it, One of the things I do, at least with my diaphragm, is I, I won't even use a tube. So I'll just bugle with just the diaphragm. And I sound like a young, I think I sound like a young bull. And so they want to come beat me up. But yeah, and even the chuckles, like, I mean, he gets into the details of chuckling six times. And I'm not a real good chuckler. I just started chuckling this year. But, um, but sometimes that engages them a little bit more when you chuckle. But again, you have to be careful. It's like the firework finale. When you, sure. <laughs> you get too big at the end, they give you their biggest. And then they take their cows and run because they don't want you to take their cows. Right. What's well, your thoughts on that? As the season goes on, I think, too, they want to fight less. I meant they have been sparring even in August, mm -hmm. you know, and they've been pushing their best friends away, their buddies and stuff. So, you know, a lot of times those bigger bulls will come in in the end and just steal them all because they're, they're done. They've spent a lot of years fighting and stuff. But I know that's what everyone talks about. They can't get the herd bull to come in, but he has his cows. Why is he going to leave 20 cows to come to you or even if there's two of you? So. And honestly, we had that scenario with my son that last day. Lisa was able to join us on the mountain, and we got up there, and we found a herd bull and about 15 cows, but they were over on private land. And we, we kept trying to call to him, and he'd bugle and snort and grunt and all of the above, and we'd cow call. We tried some bugles. We tried, and then we even got the cows coming our way, but we're like, the likelihood of them jumping the fence were was slow, sure. uh, slim. Well. So I said to my son, I said, you got... 30, 30 minutes, uh, 45 minutes left of sunlight. It's going to take us 30 minutes to get up to where I knew there was some better cover that we might be able to get into some other elk, and I'd found some wallows, which is something I'm looking for when I'm out there hiking around. If I find some wallows and some snapped-off trees, I use our software. I drop a pin, drop a picture, where I can tell it's been really active. And I told him, I said, I know there's an active wallow over there. We can try to head to it and see if we can get something to come over there. And sure enough, we turned that corner after hiking 30 minutes, and that's when that cow and and bull come running up the ridge at us. We, Lisa and I have been cow calling, and he just they were on a bolt run to us, and we just threw out that mew. We, she did a cow call, I did a cow call, and that bull stopped, and he got a nice stationary shot, which is what you want sure. when you're shooting a bow or rifle anything. Yeah. You don't want a moving shot if you can avoid it. So well, That's great information. Again, you can go to Native by Carlton or check out Sportsman's Warehouse, and um, the one call, uh, the Green Weenie. Weenie. Okay. <laughs> and what's the name of the other one? These are custom calls. These are just oh, some of his custom, some calls. custom calls. Okay. And they're just a higher end call. They're just higher quality. They're pretty. They're really pretty. But mm -hmm. no, they, they just, the tones and pit, the tones on them are consistent. It's not a cheap. No, they it's, sound great. It's, it's a higher and end product. All four, I mean, sound they're distinctly different. different. They you, do. Even when you do the same call, exactly. you sound different. Exactly. And that's the key. And, and when I say they're custom call, we've been in Wayne's shop in Montrose. He literally touches every one of these and he 
checks them for the sound. Yeah. So when I say custom, they're not just run off some factory in China or something like that, and they're not. Wayne wants a call with his name on it that he knows sounds sure. good. Right. You're listening to Sportsman of Colorado. we got to take a break. We'll be back with more right after this. This is Red Merrill for Phoenix Weaponry. Phoenix Weaponry is a weapon manufacturer that services the firearm enthusiast. From precision ARs to suppressors, Phoenix Weaponry can make your dreams come true. Phoenix Weaponry is a full-service gun shop that offers gunsmithing, coating, and modifications to your own weapon. Phoenix Weaponry, family-owned and operated right here in Colorado. If you can dream it, Phoenix Weaponry can build it. Call today, 720-340-2496. Again, that's 720-340-2496. Or visit their website, phoenixweaponry.com. Mention Sportsman of Colorado and receive 10% off your custom-built weapon. Now is a great time to get your furnace inspected. Littleton Heating and Air Conditioning is proud of their 45 years of HVAC service to Littleton, Highlands Ranch, and Denver metro area. Littleton Heating and Air Conditioning is your Lennox and Carrier expert heating and air conditioning contractor. They are proud to offer the finest heating, air conditioning, and indoor air quality products with prompt and professional customer service and satisfaction. Call today and mention Haystack Help Radio and save $25 off any repairs or $100 off your furnace installation. Call 303-798-3880. That's 303-798-3880 for your appointment today. Littleton Heating and Air, A-plus members of the Better Business Bureau and official Haystack Help registered company. This is Scott Watley for my friends at Rampart Firearms in Sedalia. This is a great store, family owned and operated. They buy, sell, trade, and consign firearms. You will find a great selection of new and pre-owned handguns, shotguns, and rifles. If you can't find the gun you want, Rampart Firearms will special order your gun at no extra cost. Found a gun on the internet? Rampart Firearms will do one firearm transfer and the background check for only $10 if you mention Sportsman of Colorado. Rampart Firearms, 720-468-0050. That's 720-468-0050. Located at Highway 67 in Santa Fe in Sedalia. Rampart Firearms opens seven days a week. 720-468-0050. A safe space for those who like to think. Rush to Reason, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. Again, if you're just joining us, my name is Scott Watley. Lisa Thompson and Donnell Johnson in studio. And uh, we're going to finish up on some calls here in just a minute, and then we're going to get into a hunt data uh, map system that they have, and it's huntdata.com. So uh, finishing up on the calls now. So um, as the day progresses, it gets 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, things like that. Most time they're less vocal then than usually maybe. an hour. Yeah, maybe. Sometime. So we had, to, we had to deal with Wayne. So on, I was going to yeah. ask you about myths because I, I know people that quit hunting at 10, and come back out, you know, at 4 o'clock. We always say you can't shoot think, an elk on the couch. Exactly. <laughs> you, you cannot. And, and you yeah. never know what other hunters are going to kick out. Sure. And so sometimes they'll talk to regroup. Um, Wayne was with us on, on, my, on my hunt this year. And at 1230, we had decided, I had a bear tag too. So we went out to an area where there was a burn. And we were just, we'd seen some bear sign in there. So we were going to get the binos out and just look and see if we could see anything milling around. So Wayne throws out a big bugle. And we get a big bugle back at 1230. 
Wow. Like we were like, no way, it's hot, it's mm -hmm. whatever. And we had a five by six bull come running up the ridge at us. The wind flipped on us, and otherwise, I probably would have had a shot at him. And and then when he crashed out of there, he bumped a black bear. <laughs> it was oh, it was really? it was quite the it was quite the morning, and it was super windy, which that's really really hard that's, when you're calling with the hard. wind. Yeah. Very very hard. But yeah. Wayne has a really big bugle and chuckle, and and that's what he did. And he got that bull, he engaged him, and he came. It wasn't on a cow call; it was on a bugle. And it was at 12:30 in the afternoon. So I, you know, it's one of the things that we say: if you're going to hike a long ways back, take a lunch, take a hammock. Hammocks are great these time. Of year. Sure. I mean, the I mean, you can find a nice place, or you know, we have little pillows we blow up that we have in our pack, and take a nap, eat, eat your lunch. Um, you, again, you can't shoot something back home. And truly, if we've hiked back a ways, we don't want to come all the way out and all the way back, back in again. Yeah. So um, it really, because the, the biggest thing that you know we've talked about before is the thing that gets hunters is a bad pair of shoes because they get blisters and they can't do much after the first couple of days. And the second thing is you just get fatigued. Sure. And I had a, a thing that happened this year where I ran into Courtney. She does a lot in the outdoor world. And, and I caught her coming out of the wilderness. She'd been back there six days. Was, you know, a little discouraged by the weather. It had been sleeting and snowing. And she'd been back six miles with a big pack. And I said, hey, come back to our cabin and get a shower. And she got re-encouraged and went back in the field for two more days. But um, wow. true. And she got to hear her first bull chuckle. She got to see her first six by six. So, you know, staying around, she actually got to see and hear some elk, which I was glad she did. Sure. Um, but, you know, sometimes you get out there in the field and you're just hitting it hard and you're just tired you mm -hmm. know and a lot of people will go home discouraged it's like you know what go take a nap or take a hunt off maybe sleep in one morning and sure. just get re-energized but right. but truly if you can get up early at dark 30 and get out there and hear them um and then you know sleep on the mountain whatever but um i we, we encourage people to stay on the mountain all day if they can yeah you know yeah absolutely well and a couple of years ago i had a muzzleloader tag and i didn't i had beat myself up for a couple of days, getting up at three and four in the morning, and I'm like, "It's my hunt, my tag. I'm sleeping in, and this is Monday of the the week." And we had a something. great breakfast, and I I literally slept in, meaning eight. We got up, just milled around, and we didn't leave camp till ten thirty. And I said, "I'm gonna do, get where I want to be for an evening hunt or whatever." So. Donnell and I climbed the chute that I knew where I wanted to hunt and whatnot, and we just didn't want to sweat a lot, so we took our time and we got up there at one thirty. And um, we do what we always do. We can't be quiet in the forest. So she, I throw out a couple hyper hots and she throws out a bugle just because. And I think four or five bulls bugled at the same at different times from that at one at one thirty in the afternoon. And we're looking at each other just as surprised as anyone. We're like, game sure. on. We I set up. It was a muzzleloader. They didn't come in. So what we did is we went to them, not knowing we had just crawled into a herd of elk when we finally got there. And um, I ended up killing my bull at three in the afternoon. And this was, again, we weren't up at four in the morning. We weren't, you know, we didn't get that. But I was just wore out. Yeah. And 1.30 and a few years prior to that, uh, Donnell's husband, Dave, the same thing. Last day of bow season, he slept in. We're like, are you kidding me? You're sleeping in on the last day? <laughs> well, he did. Again, we didn't go out till about 1 o'clock or 12 o'clock. And Donnell and I started cow calling, got three bulls bugling. Yep. And they all came to us, and Dave shot a five by six that day. I mean, a big and, monster come in five minutes later. Yeah, six and so the point yeah, is, yeah. is that you know, I mean, when they're hot, they're hot. Yeah. And you just, if you, I like those hunters that go in for lunch all afternoon because then I get the forest to myself. So no yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and even that last night when Zach shot his, I I was thinking we'd be fighting some guys for the spot, but there was nobody there because the weather was terrible. Right. It was windy. It was rainy. It turned into snow, sleet, you know, and, and we're like, game on. I mean, truly that helps your scent because when it's raining or snowing, it just pushes that scent down to the ground. So it helps you out. It gives you a, an advantage on the elk. So, um, you know, don't, don't, you know, get good gear. I mean, at Cabela's, Bass Pro, telling, all yeah. it's all one big happy family now, but go, go get some gear because, uh, um, the elk are going to go still do their thing. In fact, the night um, my son-in-law got his, the, Austin, that Saturday night, they texted me and said, you know, what's the habits of an elk when it rains? I said, they will still be on the mountain unless it's, a, you know, a terrible, terrible storm. Right. And sure enough, he went out there in the rain. And it was funny because the three guys, they were back country. They had all climbed in their sleeping bags to for a long winter's nap. And they got the text from Austin, bull down. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, <laughs> we have to go help him. But yeah, that, what, that's truly in that crew that have been hunting all week, it's Saturday and Sunday when the weather got bad, that's when we got two bulls. Sure. So Good. And we'll be talking about more about this in the weeks and uh, next month or so to come, but we'll be at the International Sportsman's Expo this year, and the ladies will be doing a couple of seminars there, and we'll get the information about that as well. But uh, make your plans now to attend the International Sportsman's Expo. I believe it's that second weekend of Jan January, and uh, that's always a great time. Huntdata.com. Uh, again, a lot of things can go wrong. One thing you don't want to go wrong is get lost. So for those who have never heard about Huntdata.com, fill us in. So we have maps that work on your Garmin, Google Earth, and your smartphones. Uh, Android actually works on the Windows phone now and the iPhone. And truly, um, like when we knock an elk down, we're going to drop a pin. We anchor a picture behind that. Or like I said, I got into a great wallow area that, like three days before that. So I dropped the pin, and that's where I went back to. I can turn tracking on. I can see my elevation climb um, if I'm into how many, you know, my 11,000 feet, whatever. Um, it shows me how long, you know, it took me to do that, all of that. But that's great information. I can turn around and export that, send it to my family so they know where I'm at from a safety standpoint. I can throw it on Google Earth. I can drill down on those real detailed meadows. But the, the nicest part about it is once you load the map, you just throw it into airplane mode, save your save your battery. I had a guy called in yesterday. He's like, yeah, but I, I just I, I can't charge my phone. Well, there, we have things. Lisa and I both have Mophie cases. We also, there's a ton of products out there. You can go to Amazon, and there's the little solar brick chargers that right. that yeah. recharge themselves in the sun. So you do have to watch that. It's not like you can pop a battery in your, your iPhone. Sure. but. You do have to watch that, but when you throw it into airplane mode, you'd be surprised how long your phone lasts when it's not looking for cell service or Facebook or Instagram and all that fun stuff. Great. So, for you, for hunt data, tell us a little bit about the how it show what it shows on there as far as elk and concentration or different things like that. Well, I'm the VP of Hunt Data Marketing and Sales, and and so what I love the product for is that we have antelope concentrations, elk concentrations, turkey concentrations, goose concentrations, you name it, deer, whitetail. And we take it from the Colorado Parks and Wildlife, and our map maker puts it on a topo to help the hunter know where the animal, animals concentrate on. We're there to help the hunter try to be successful. We've helped a lot of people over time that have come and given us testimonies that they haven't been getting animals or seeing them, and we show them from where what unit they're hunting in game management unit they're hunting in they'll load a map and i've had numerous people come back to me and say they've either missed or gotten their animal or they finally found them so um it's 10-year studies that they do on every game unit management they have formulas that they put they radio collar 
the animals they fly over. They don't do it. The Parks and Wildlife don't do it for the hunters. That's not what they're there for. They're doing it for the counts and to know how many tags to give out and that sort of thing. But we, it's public information. We take that information and put it on maps, which is also on digital software. So when you, it could be pitch black and you have never been into the area and you could drop a pin and walk into it by using your phone um, and, and be there at first light and never even been there. Right. And it's really fun. We do that all the time. We get frustrated with either hunters or we're not finding what we're looking for or something. And we'll just go pick another unit. We'll go on an elk concentration or we'll go, Donnell had an antelope tag and we went into where the antelope were concentrated. So we use it all the time and I love it. And I I never feel like I'm going to get lost. I trust my equipment. I always drop a pin at the truck or the camp and I just, I hear a bugle or I hear anything. I just take off and I go. Mm So it, for me, it's, it's very good. And not only do I use it for hunting, if you're hiking a 14er, if you're snowmobiling, if you're ATVing, a guy in Utah bought it just for Lake Powell. He doesn't even hunt. He's tired of losing his family in Lake Powell. They, have, they go to a cove, and he said, we spend half of a day in our boats looking for each other. He said, we're going to drop pins, and everyone's going to know where we're camping and other boats and all that. And Sometimes so we'll do excited. that. We'll drop a pin where we're going to meet. Or if it's in the fog coming out, you, you double-click on the GPS, and it does magnetic north. It shows the direction you're hiking. If you're hiking towards the pin or not, it does a little blue arrow on the direction oh, okay. you're going. So that's good to know as well. We've had, we've had an area we've hunted forever, and we got stuck in the fog and rain, and we had to get it out just because to get out of there, you get turned around in the forest and and uh, you do a little circle. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, you can have a good direction. If you get out of a stand or you make a shot and you go tracking after something or go stalk, you can be a long ways away and get turned around in right. a hurry. Yeah. In an area you think you know even. Right. You say you know it like the back of your hand it. and you yeah. don't because yeah. all of a sudden it's pitch black and you can't see your hand in front of your face. <laughs> I think what I think what I have found out though, Scott, over time is that so many people give up that last hour of hunting because they're scared they won't get back. Yep, you're right. And we hunt till dark and we use our equipment to get us back. But that last hour of any hunt mm-hmm. or it's that first hour is the best. Sure. The best. And so to give up that last hour to be back in camp to make coffee, but I'm thinking, wow, if you would have just trust, if you would have had software or, you know, put it on a Garmin or your phone or something, you would have probably had your elk. But a lot of people will go back early because they're nervous that they can't see the mountain or they can't see their points of interest to get them back to where they went. We've taken a lot of risks. As we're getting older, I thought I'd be be slowing down and Lisa's kicking my butt, (laughs) speaking of buttheads. But no, but truly we're taking risks we never took before because we're able to go check out a concentration area or valley that we're like, ah, we've been afraid to, we wouldn't have time or could we get back or would we get lost? And we've we've just found, the last two years we went into 10 new areas um, and checked out those summer ranges and nine out of 10 times we got into elk. We either heard them, saw them at a distance, or got a shot. So, gotcha. And we teach a lot of classes at Bass Pro, Cabela's, Sportsman. You pick it, we teach them. But one of the things we hear over and over, mostly from women, but even some guys, is that they're worried that they're going to get lost. Mm-hmm. And we just try to empower people. if they, Even if they don't buy our software right. or buy our maps or whatever, buy something. There <laughs> is so much stuff out there. Oh, but yeah. empower them to just go out and just say, hey, kids, we're going to go climb a 14er today and not feel like you're going to get lost in how to get back down if, it, if fog sets in on the top of that mountain or whatever. We, you know, we live in a world, there's a lot of single parents. Sure. 
and they want to take their kids out, but they don't know where to start. And, and, and their worst fear is we set up tent, but we don't go more than 100 feet from it because we're going to get lost. Right. So that's, again, if it's not our software, just buy something. There's so, so much out there. We give out a free map. If you go to myfreemap.com, we give out our statewide map, which shows, which is still nice because let's say you're out with your family camping and you're up by Walden, whatever, and you see a herd of elk, you can pull that statewide map and you see what unit you're in. You go, oh, I'm in unit 161. Um, you can then go look at, you know, we have another software that tells you how, what, what points it takes to hunt that. But you could at least know what unit you're in. We have it color-coded whether it's an over-the-counter unit. So if you have an over-the-counter tag, second, third, fourth season, bull, whatever, um, it'll show you what unit you're in. So that's a that's free. They can go to myfreemap.com. If they want a more detailed map, they can go to Hunt Data and, and purchase that. Check it out. And again, nativebycarlton.com. You can go and check on the calls and the decoys we were talking about or your sportsman's warehouse. Ladies, it's been too long to do this, so we'll have to do it again. Thank you very much. I still am jealous of you both very much. <laughs> and uh, sometimes y'all have to take poor Scott so I can shoot one nice one with y'all. Wow. Thank you so much for All having us. Right. Right. Always great to see you guys. You're listening to Sportsman of Colorado. We'll be back with more right after this. Need a place to set in your rifle for the upcoming hunting season? Let me tell you about the official shooting range of Sportsman of Colorado, Blue Core Shooting Center. Open Mondays, 10 to 6 p.m. and Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 8. And for your convenience, Saturday and Sunday, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Blue Corps offers the only 100-yard indoor range in Denver. Become a member for only $35 per month, and you can shoot an unlimited amount with no lane fees. With your membership, there's no waiting your turn. You can reserve a lane online. Blue Core Shooting Center is even climate controlled for your comfort. Blue Core Shooting Center, 7860 West Jewel Avenue in Lakewood. Tell them Sportsman of Colorado sent you. If you're looking for great deals on outdoor equipment and clothing, we've got you covered. Hi, this is Bill Paddock, owner of the Outdoorsman's Attic, your outdoor gear consignment headquarters. You'll save 20, 30, 40, even 50% on previously owned outdoor gear for the fisherman, hunter, and camper. We also sell live bait, firearms, and ammo. If you're doing a little spring cleaning, bring in your gear to the Outdoorsman's Attic. We'll sell it for you and put cash in your pocket. You can also pick up your hunting and fishing licenses right here at the store. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor gear needs is the Outdoorsman's Attic, located at 2650 West Hampton Avenue in Sheridan, Colorado. 303-781-3626. That's 303-781-3626. Or visit us online at outdoorsmansattic.com. Mention Sportsman's of Colorado and receive 20% off all your outdoor clothing. Hi, Dan Johnson with Lynn Lau Chevrolet. We have rows and rows and rows of reconditioned pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Heck, over 200. We can finance anyone, and we have used car rates starting in the twos. Lynn Lau Chevrolet, I-225 in East Colfax, or on the web at lynnlauchevy.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. It is time now to talk about one of my favorite places to go and one of the best fun times you will ever have. And that is just out of Wichita Falls, Texas with our good friend, Alan Schaffner and Lone Star Hunts. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, Scott. How are you today? Hey, man, I'm doing great, doing great. And I'm doing great because it's getting closer to when we're going to come see you in November. <laughs> man, you're, you are behind. We've got a group here this weekend. It is hog hunting season in Texas, Abs or low star hunts anyway. Absolutely. Well, good deal. 
You know, Al, it, it's amazing, you know, and we'll, we'll just use Texas for now because that is where a lot of people think about the hog hunting. But I'm telling you, the more I'm around guys and I tell them about Lone Star, boy, they'll bring up something and say, we. and we talked about this on a previous show, but, again, we're not cutting down competition out there in this area because there's a lot of good places, you know, in Texas and other states that have hog hunting. But you got to be careful of the word unlimited um, because, and I've told you the story before, one of our sponsors, a good friend of mine, I really thought I had him convinced to come to you, and it was a few hundred dollars more for the word unlimited, and they they bit off on that, and uh, 10 guys went and spent about $1,200 a piece and saw two hogs between all 10 of them. That does not make for a fun hog hunt. No, it makes a long weekend, a long trip, <laughs> that's for sure. And, you know, it's hunting. you got to see stuff and all that, but your setup's a little bit different. And I always tell people, hey, he'll guarantee you'll see hogs. Now, if you can hit them, that's up to you. Yeah, we've already had a guy this morning. Had I mean, out this morning, he'll kill two big hogs, one of them 250-pounder and one about 200, something like that. I mean, he's, he's already, you know, well on his way to being through. He was surprised. Yeah, it's hard right now. We're coming in, coming off. You know, we haven't had a freeze yet, and the grass is tall. We've had a real wet summer, mm-hmm. and it is hunting. I mean, it just hunting at the best. I'll tell you that. Man, well, we cannot wait to get there again. Alan Schopner is our guest. Lone Star hunts. There's a few slots left now. If you want to get into some real fun action hog hunting. Call Allen today, 940-636-1990, 940-636-1990. And for someone listening out there, maybe you got a, you know, guy or gal's got a birthday or, you know, Christmas is not too long from now. Hey, don't do the tie and the socks, all the different things like that. Do something that's just a blast. And that is hog hunting here with Lone Star Hunts. So, Here's our setup with Alan, and he's been kind enough to do this for us. Um, basically, there, there's a couple of packages you can do. The packages do not change in the number of hogs. It's more in the amenities. So, Alan, let's talk about the packages you have. Well, we offer two type of packages. We've got our cabin package and our ranch house, our lodge, but it's, it's, a, it's a remodeled ranch house. Yes, and The nice. cabin package itself, both of them, you can kill four hogs that weigh 150 pounds or less. And that's considered a meat hog. Anything over 150 pounds is considered a trophy. So basically, you can kill four meat hogs if you want to. And if you accidentally, or you like this guy did this morning, kill a trophy pig, mm-hmm. he still got two meat hogs to go. So I mean, it's it's one trophy and two meat hogs, or two trophy pigs, and and that's both packages. But the difference is in the packages is the cabin and the ranch house, where you come in the cabin, it's kind of an economy package. It runs $750 per person, and you furnish your own food in the cabin. It sleeps four people comfortably. It's a 500-square-foot cabin. It's nice, but, it, you know, it, it, it sleeps. We've got two bunk beds in there, and, right. and you furnish your own food. But then if you step up in the ranch house, it's just uh, uh, we can sleep nine people in there easily, and uh, more people than we can really have out in the hunting area Sure. But um, I furnish the food in two days you're hunting. And, I mean, we eat, I mean, good steak, potatoes <laughs> type deal. I I'm mean, telling you, you. It's not gourmet food, but it, 
people say, I got to go home and go on diet. No kidding. Over the weekend or so. Yeah, no kidding. It is great. And then here's something a little special we do, uh, and Alan's been kind enough to offer us for this. If you mention Sportsman of Colorado Radio when you call and book your hunt, you'll get a bonus hog that weighs 100 pounds or less, again, which is a very, very tasty animal. So give them a call, 940-636-1990. Check out what dates you can go. And, uh, you know, most of the things are weekends, but there, are, there may be some times if you say, hey, I got to do a weekday kind of deal, Alan will try his best to work that out for you as well. And so it's 940-636-1990, and just ask, figure out which package you want to do. I highly recommend the Ranch House, as Alan said. It's very comfortable. Got nice recliners, leather sofa in there, watch some TV in the evenings and all the different things there. And uh, great, great meals. And, um, again, four hogs, 150 pounds or less with each package. Uh, you do get a bonus big there for that weighs under 100 pounds if you mention our show now let's talk about what you like and what you mostly see out there for a choice of weapons well uh there's a lot of people want to bring a 223 or what the 557 the ar style rifle Mm -hmm. really and truly those aren't big enough for these hogs i mean these hogs are tough (laughs) they're hard to kill and you, a lot of times you're shooting them on the run. You you know, you don't get the headshot. Yeah, you can get a headshot, you can shoot them with a 22. Sure. But it's not that easy. And uh, so we need a bigger, high-powered, you know, bigger rifle caliber. So we recommend, and, and we frown upon the AR, you know, 223-style rifles. Uh, 243 or bigger is what we like to I like to see you have. That's got some knockdown power, you know, uh, you know open sights, scope. You're going to have shots, you know, within 15, 20 feet, sure. to 150 yards. So it, it varies. And a lot of people bring pistols with them mm-hmm. just in case they, you know, get in a bind or get real close shots and, and can shoot something with a pistol. That's great. We also, also bow hunters. We, we have a good number of bow hunters that come out and do their hunting. Right. And so usually the setup is, and I mean, for archery, uh, you can tell me if you do it a little bit different, but most time when we come out, you know, that first morning we'll do some blind hunting. And, uh, well, most of your archery guys, um, uh, you, you like to keep in those blinds? Well, normally what happens is there's uh, one or two archery hunters that come down with a couple rifle hunt- hunters and stuff like that. So, you know, I haven't had guys spot and stalk archery. And uh, you've got to be real good, you know, real good to do that. But, I mean, and, you know, real good archery hunter. And, but we've had that, you know, people doing quite often. Uh, and, and But, yeah, like you said, we recommend you send the blind to begin with. That's what I recommend. It's not mandatory. Right. And then after that, it's a spot and stalk. Get out there and rattle the bushes and see what you kick up. This is a daytime hunt. We are, you know, and so, you know, pigs are nocturnal. So you have to get in there in our hunting area and, and just really rattle the bushes and get them moving. Sure. And, you know, in my opinion, it's a lot safer during the daytime. And yeah. You're absolutely. able to get in there and, and see the pigs and, you know, with our operation. And, you know, just the, the, the safety or the, the lack of safety, see, it, it, it appears that at night it just, it, it just gets more complicated. Right, and right. Uh, no matter what you're doing, you know, if you're changing a flat in the dark, <laughs> it's ten you. times easier doing it during daytime. You know? Yes, sir. I won't change flat no matter what, but uh, that's that's kind of how it is. And, and so we'll stay out. You know, we'll get out early in the morning, go to the blind. That you you know sit there and watch the sunrise and hunt out of the blind, hunt out of the blind the first morning, and then after that it's just a regular spot and stalk. 
get out there and kick the bushes. Right. And one thing that's really great, this is really for anyone, um, you know, I mean, I know a lot of uh, guys, unfortunately, our knees aren't what they used to be. And so, you know, it's hard to do a lot of walk. These are, this is a great, comfortable hunt. And again, Alan, his team there, they can, the guys, the boys, they can fit your needs. And so this is not something that can, you know, if you want to get out and walk a bunch, hey, there, there's a bunch of acres to do that on. But again, if you'll listen to them, they're the guides. They know how to do it, and they'll know how to get you on some hogs. And uh, again, a great time. There are a few spots left between now and the end of the year, but you should call today, 940-636-1990, 940-636-1990. And you guys will be here in January for the International Sportsman's Expo again, I presume. Yes, we that's just almost anymore. We've been up there seven, eight, ten years now, wow. every year. And it's just almost like ho- old home week. People <laughs> come by, yeah, I hunted with you five years ago. Well, I'm, I'm planning on coming back. And then I've got groups of people who come by and, you know, hunt with me every year, and they stand in the booth for a while. They can sell my product almost better than I can because, you know, they, you know, have the experience and can tell the other hunters exactly what, you know, what how the experience was for them. Sure. And, and, you know, that is one part that's just, I mean, it is just fun and action. And like I say, we bring a couple of rifles. You know, we brought, I know Red enjoys shooting his 30-30 lever action, open sights, and then he'll bring a 30-06. And, you know, I brought my 308 um, with the suppressor on it and all, and that's a lot of fun. And then, you know, I shoot a 45-70 a lot of the lever action. So, uh, again, it is a great time. But Alan said, I highly recommend something 243 or bigger because I'm telling you, these hogs are tough. Wow. I got a, Scott, I got a real funny story to tell you. <laughs> You're talking about buying, a, buying this for a gift. And a lady called me, texted me the other day, and um, wanted to buy this for, I think, a Christmas gift or a birthday gift for her husband. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, call me. And when she, she left the number to call, she left her home phone number. When I called her, uh, her husband answered the phone, and I asked for her name was Diane. I asked for Diane. I said, and he said, yeah, just a minute. And we were talking. And, and the funny part is, well, this is not really a good time to talk right now. My husband is here. Oh. <laughs> it, 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 it sounded like something, something not just right. Right, right. But it, it was, I hadn't even told my wife that story yet. <laughs> but that's what she said. Now's not a good time to be talking. My husband's not here. But oh, that's funny. For her husband, a gift. And, uh, you know, as you said, Christmas is coming up. This is a perfect gift. Boy, perfect abs- gift. And, uh, they, you know, you come down here, and even the spouses are welcome here if they want to come. Oh, sure. You know, I-, I mean, if they want to hunt women, we have uh, oh, about a 20% um, percent-wise women on our hunts. And, and uh, uh, we, I enjoy, you know, having the women come out and do their hunting and, 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 and show their husbands up, actually. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. They, they usually do a good job there. Well, Alan, we're looking forward to our visit, my friend. And um, I've even got a group I'm still trying to get there for December, too, so I'll be in touch with you on that. But we'll look forward to okay. it. Go to LoneStarHunts.com, 940-636-1990, 940-636-1990. Make sure you mention Sportsman of Colorado Radio when you book. And, I, you know, I guarantee you, you will have a blast. I guarantee it. So give Alan a call today, 940-636-1990. So, Alan, thank you very much, sir. Hi, thanks, Scott. Uh-huh. All right, and thank you for joining us today for Sports from Colorado Radio. Hope everyone has a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week.
opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.